You're recording. Oh, <laughs> I am now. <laughs> Hi ladies! How are you guys doing? We are well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So how are you? When Kwasi, how was your morning? I have to always remember that you're we are way ahead of I know that was okay. It was okay. Yeah. It's still morning though, isn't it? It's like half Well now it's afternoon. It's almost three. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a time difference. It, it gets confusing because you have to think are we ahead, are we behind, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's 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 something just always bear in mind of. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. So to recap on last time we were all together, and I know um, Kesha is going to be joining us anytime soon. So hopefully she'll just slot in quite nicely. But last week or last episode, because last episode, we spoke a little bit about our pregnancy journeys, support, and just some differences in natal care in US, USA and UK. So it was quite interesting just to hear the different journeys, how we have all kind of been, I guess at the end of the day, what you find is that it's an individual journey and some of the experiences are similar, some are not. But what we what what is clear is that you know motherhood is just an interesting interesting journey. So today I was really wondering if you could talk a little bit about something that you mentioned, Bengosi, and it's been sitting at the back of my head. There is so so much to unpack from that previous episode. Like I feel like that conversation could have gone on, um, but I'm just there's so many things that we spoke about there's so many things that we can just you can just go into different like different levels i suppose of conversation but something that you mentioned when um and you said it laughingly and you said to me um but it was different for you and this was in regards to well, i think we're talking about um support maybe support systems um, and you said that and I was, it really, it, it touched me because I was like, I wonder how you think it was different for me. So I wondered if we could talk today about support, you know, like how you guys navigate wherever you are, you know, I know Nobu, you've got Nala, your husband, Wengosi, you have got an older child, Oami is like, how old is she now? So she's about six. She's six. Yes. So how has it been for us for you know like what common themes are there for for us but i just really want to hone in on support so that's something what we're going to talk about today but i want us to kind of um read just to start thinking about it in our minds and you know rethink about where did you tap in for support and what support means to you but before we do that i wanted to just ask you ladies how did you first, how did you find out you were pregnant? Like, how did, is it, um, I know, Nobu, you mentioned last time that you had, you, you guys were like, you know, you, you, you were, you were expecting that, you know, at some point you would, this would happen. But what was, what was it like when you were, did you pee on the stick or you, like, how, can you just tell us a little bit more about your experiences finding out you were pregnant and who was the first person you told? 
so for me it was as i said i had an inkling from about the day i got pregnant when i conceived i know it sounds silly and probably medicals would roll their eyes and be like yeah nothing of that sort happens but i actually felt like something was happening and so at from that point in time from day one day two i felt in my mind i was pregnant i waited till i was due my cycle and for sure it did not turn up because in my mind i told myself i was pregnant okay. something was playing at the back of my mind and i was thinking is it just kind of you know how the mind has so much power yeah. over your body could it be that that's what i'm thinking and it's not the reality but then i peed on the stick a cheap 99p stick i don't do clear blue with this ridiculous pound pregnancy test oh hell no 99p did the job <laughs> And then um, I actually, the first person I told was my cousin in America, my cousin's oh, really? sister. I called her and she, first thing she said, she's like, yeah, you're going to tell me you're pregnant. I was like, how did you know? She's like, yeah, just the way you kind of got on the phone because we always do video calls. Right. Like, just something about you had changed. Right. And then at that point in time, my husband was away mm -hmm. and I sent him a message. I was like, we need to talk. <laughs> He said, <laughs> and did you use those exact words? Like we need to yeah. exactly what I texted. Oh my God, hi, <laughs> I know because when somebody says we need to talk, it's never, it's never a good thing, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. So that was, we need to talk. And then he called in the evening and um, I was like, yeah, I've got something to show you. And then it was a video call. So I showed him the stick. Oh, and she started laughing. I don't know whether it was a nervous laugh or it was a what what's happening. But yeah, okay. No, that's that's interesting. And oh, I remember like on April Fool's Day. So um, Noble and I were in a were in a, a WhatsApp group uh, with other friends, and she posted a picture of the three. No, it's not. Is it three? No, it's not three D. Like the oh, the scan. Scan, yeah. And it was on April Fool's Day, and people were like, "Holy <laughs> guys!" They were like, "We'll just wait till after midday, just to know that this is a joke." But yeah, you know, and and I stole that idea as well because <laughs> our babies were conceived on about the same, I guess, the same time, and yeah, yeah. And so anyway, well, how, <laughs> thank you. How about you, Wimkosi? Like, how what what was it like for you? Of course, like I said, Uguti, because this was not the plan at the time, yeah. but I knew Uguti, something was off. Like I'm a person who has a very regular cycle. Okay. So once like it was like a day or two late, and I'm like looking at the calendar, I'm like, oh, okay. So weirdly enough, it, I try to put it in the back of my head to the point where I was like, okay, I'm at work and I went to buy a pregnancy test and I took it. And really like immediately. <laughs> and so I took the picture, I sent it to Mnigas Womdwan and it was kind of like, oh. But because of everything that we had going on between us, I I talked to him briefly. And like I said, Guti, the timing was so bad for me because of school. So I called my cousin. So my cousin, uh, we grew up together. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of talked me down a little bit. You know, I kind of was able to not really express how I was feeling, but just 
have somebody to talk to about it. And she was kind of like, well, I mean, is it such a bad thing? And I was like, well, no, but I would have rather it had been with somebody else. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was, that was kind of it. And it was just within that very um, short time, like from telling him and then talking to my cousin and just, I guess, starting to wrap my mind around it. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and it just occurred to me that I didn't actually, we didn't actually do introductions. So guys, I'm hoping that you are carrying on listening from last time. When was the novel? Let's, let, let's, let's keep the ball rolling. But do you, did you guys, um, like in the first trimester, did you feel sick? Did you have any issues with, um, with nausea? No. I had really bad nausea because I had, I have acid reflux. So it just went from that to this horrible, horrible nausea. Mm. I couldn't really eat anything. I lived on Amanzi, porridge, ischwala, and umpita. There were very, very few things that I could eat. Um, One thing I enjoy drinking is tea and coffee. Like when I would drink the coffee, the nausea was like, like it was so, so bad. And then eating inyama, everything just tasted raw. Like I would cook it and then I'm like, okay, it smells good. It just just tasted off. So I immediately stopped eating it all through my pregnancy. Really? So you stopped eating meat completely? Yeah. I couldn't, I tried, I think I tried like three on three different, I'm not a big meat eater anyway, but on three different occasions, I tried things that I liked. Um, but Guala and I just had the most bland um, diet throughout my pregnancy. It's, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? So just to backtrack. So I found out, obviously with Tamara, it was completely different in that, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I, did I know I was pregnant? Yes. I think there was a point in time when actually like, I was like, okay, you know, there is clearly something going on with me. Um, but I'll speak more of my most recent experience of with Juliana in that my cycles, like you guys, is very, very regular. You know, I have it on my phone, but I know, like I know even just days before that I'm going to have my period. And periods, did it happen? No. But I wasn't even looking for it. Was I expecting to be pregnant? No, I wasn't. Was I doing stuff to get me to be pregnant? Yes, I was. But for some reason... <laughs> For some reason, I thought, you know, Maybe. I don't know what I thought. Anyway, um, so then when my when I was like over, I think I waited till like I was over like a week or even a bit more. Like there was nothing happening. So I went and got, so same as you know, I went and got the, um, so here. I went and got the um, 99P pregnancy test and I took the test. Where was I? I think I went, I, I managed to get home and, and, and did it. I was beyond shocked that I was pregnant. <laughs> beyond shocked. Like it was not something that <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> guys. Um, hey, Kesha. Hey. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so sorry um, I'm late. <laughs> that's all right. But um, yeah, so then I, I think the first person I actually told was, um, was Nat. 
because I was just like, you know, like I was just like, I don't like I'm pregnant and yeah, here's the thing. And how I told um, Damien was that was he was living in Leeds at that time. So I, I took the pregnancy test up with me one time I was going to see him. So I didn't tell him for like probably another week or so. And I, I just showed him, but by that time it had actually even, it wasn't even showing that I was pregnant. So it was just a bit of a, a bit of a, of, of a wasted, like I was hoping to create something for him, but then I got there and I was like, I actually, I'm just tired. Like, look, what you've done. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it, it's just, it's just, it's just always interesting hearing different stories and diff, like where people were, you know, mentally as well, when, they found out that they were pregnant and you know just to kind of because i really want us to hone in on talking about support but i wonder Kesha, we're just talking about welcome i hope you are well thank you i'm just <laughs> we're just talking about um when you're when you found out or how you found out you were pregnant so do you okay. care to share your story like you know what 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 that was like for you yeah, sure. Um, so the first time um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was already like um, almost 16 weeks. Yeah, I remember you said. Yeah. yeah, so I wasn't showing at the time. And it was just like, I was escorting my sister because she was going to see the doctor. And the doctor was like, oh, you're pregnant. So I was like, no. And then we did a test and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, the second time around, I was actually at work. And um, I was actually I was I was doing a one to one with the client, and um, it was really weird because sort of I knew I had about um, like half an hour before, not before my shift ended, but before my time with this client was up, mm-hmm. and I just took a turn, which was just strange because the whole morning I felt okay, and then all of a sudden I just had this like wave of nausea hit me and I was like that's strange and I'd been feeling hungry but then all of a sudden I just wasn't it's just this, you know so I was like okay and I'm trying to think like what can I have um and it like when I got my break so there was apple juice so I had some apple juice and then I remember ringing my mom and saying to her um the weirdest thing has just happened to me and she's like what's wrong so I told her she's like do you think you might be pregnant? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, we're trying, but then I don't know. And then she's like, when did you last have your cycle? I'm like, I remember having it once and I just, yeah, I haven't had it since. I don't remember actually. And then she said to me, maybe you should get a pregnancy test after work. And I was like, yeah, probably. And yeah, um, that's when I found out I was pregnant. It was actually like my sister's birthday <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, that's when I found out I was pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually pregnant. And did you did you have any um, like nausea in your in your first trimester or any time during your trimester? Did you have any symptoms? Mm, no, no. no. <laughs> it was like it was a walk in the park. First pregnancy was a walk in nice. the park literally second pregnancy not so much but um yeah I didn't although luckily I didn't have any nausea I didn't have any morning sickness um yeah but I had my own other health complications that sort of came into play um but yeah it was just yeah there's not much there was not much to it yeah okay so when was it like apart from Miss Chala and your greens 
and not having coffee like is there anything practical like i'm just thinking of somebody who may be listening to this and maybe they're experiencing nausea like what's what's what worked for you like i used to drink a lot of water and i would eat like crackers i don't know like crackers like the saltines yeah just yeah yeah dry crackers like like what are they called? I, we have the milk cup. I can't remember. They're kind of like the water crackers, so they don't have too much flavor, but they're slightly salted. Mm-hmm. So I would have that. So Xenia, I would eat porridge with some bread and butter. Um, and, I, and I would eat. And of course, because I was at school, I had to find things that I can eat. So I would eat maybe fries. I would always add some vegetables, eat like some broccoli and stuff like that. But really, it was like very, very limited in terms of flavor because I just couldn't deal with it. And then Ischala and Mbita, like sometimes just a little bit of umsobo, like just made with the onions and tomatoes. And that was, that was it. It's, you didn't take anything like um, ginger or anything along those lines? Uh, later on, I think like, um, at some point I did, but not like, regularly because mm-hmm. what happened is like at the end of the second trimester beginning of the third I actually started throwing up and I'm throwing up and I'm barely eating so it was Jeez. very weird yeah so but that was that was pretty much it okay and then in terms of like next steps in America what is that like so you find that you're pregnant what do you what's the what's the first like the first thing you do after you find out that you're pregnant? Uh, so you, I made an appointment with my gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she basically did a scan, confirmed the pregnancy. Okay. And, and then... How many for you then? Roughly? Probably like six, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty early. Like I said, I didn't get that chance to be like, oh, I didn't know I was pregnant, you know. <laughs> so it was fairly early. Um, and so she did the, it's kind of like a manual scan, just confirm um, the pregnancy. And then uh, scheduled visits after that, you know, doing like the blood work, um obviously being older they offered the options for like the uh, what is it called kind of like genetic test and stuff like that yeah Yeah. and then just had my uh regular visits I think it was I want to say every four weeks maybe right okay yeah okay and then later on because my doctor was not affiliated with any hospital so they kind of let you know what hospitals they work with in the area and you get to do like the hospital visit and figure out which hospital you want to deliver it and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah um from a UK perspective novel like I'm I remember please <laughs> again I've just gone blank because I'll I was listening so into what you were saying. Um. But it's mostly um, to GP. So I remember I rang the GP. I knew I had to register with the midwife. So I thought the GP would put me in touch with the midwife, but it was a self-referral. But there was no 
I don't remember, like there was no other confirmation of pregnancy. So I just said to them that I was pregnant and they were like, okay. They didn't do another, uh, another test to double check. There was no scans. Like I think the first scan was at, gosh. 12 weeks. 12 weeks. For you. Yeah. For me, it was slightly different because a few days after I confirmed that I was pregnant, after work, I was feeling a bit ill and was spotting. So I decided to take myself to hospital and they kept me in. And then one of the registrars was say, said to me, oh, yeah, um, we can check if you're still pregnant at this point in time. If your pregnancy isn't viable, we can't help you. I was like, let's just check that the pregnancy is still there. So they did a transvaginal scan and they were like, we can see the yolk in the sac. So it's kind of, it was still early days. So there's really nothing they could see, but they could see that there still was something living and they kept me in hospital overnight. And so from probably four weeks, I had scans right till the day I had, the day before I had the baby because I had like different medical or a medical condition which had to be monitored. So kind of having scans every month and then... And when they were, when they were having this discussion with you, was you, around, were oh, you alone or had, you know, did you have uh, support with you? So... <laughs> The day I went to hospital, funny enough, it was snowing and I got snowed in and end of Jan, I remember. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was on the phone to PK because he was in South Africa. He was now worried, thinking, OK, should I come back? I'm like, no, 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 I'll be fine. And then kind of just before my phone battery died because I'd left the charger in the car, I rang my parents to say, I'm in hospital, um, I'm having a baby, not yet, but this is the, uh, this is. So is that happening. when you told your, is that when you told your mom? Yeah, I, I, I had to tell them because at that point in time, I was feeling a bit scared thinking, okay, I really want this baby. I cannot lose this baby. I know it's only four weeks and it is normal for pregnancies to self-abort or self-terminate if they're not viable, kind of within the 12 week period that bit I know but I was just praying and hoping that it would kind of hold and so I just told them and my mom's like oh do you want me to come down because she lived up north at that time and I was like no no it's okay and then she rang and told my brother I was like you can't come visit me you'll see me afterwards and then I rang a friend to say can you bring me a toothbrush and a change of clothes the next morning because I was kind of conscious that I wouldn't have had a bath to brush my teeth and kind of the first thing she said when she saw me was I hope you're not pregnant and I kept quiet. I thought, uh, that is not the kind of negativity I want to hear. Right now. Yeah. yeah. And then kind of straight after that, um, went to the GP and obviously he's like, yeah, you've been to hospital. Do you want to keep the baby? And I was like, yeah. And referred me to a midwife. And I had a really amazing midwife. Yeah. And I know it makes... I shouldn't really differentiate and say she was a Black African, but... She was the best thing ever. Yeah. She understood where I was coming from and I had to from the start to the end. And I think her care was above and beyond. I think there's something about that, isn't there, with having care. And I wonder if, you know, you, you Kesha and Wengosi, you can relate to this as well. My midwife was also a 
like a black woman, black, black Carib Caribbean woman, she was Jamaican. Um, but she made such a difference. You know, I noticed the differences in care I'll get from her compared to her other counterparts. Um, and I think because at being an old, older, especially like with Liana, being an older mom, I'm just so aware of facts and figures that are constantly thrown at you about mortality, especially amongst black mothers. But I wonder, do you guys, did you guys, is, is this something that relates to you? Is this something that you're like, um, okay, actually having, um, or having had a midwife who was a black woman or white woman, whatever it was, or man, because I did see a, a, a male midwife yeah, as well. Yeah, Strange. Mm -hmm. I was like, Ugh. I was like, um, how do I not ask for you? How do I get you <laughs> off my record? <laughs> but is there, like, I'm wondering, what does that is that something that relates to you guys? Like, is is it? Oh, does it make sense that we, what we're talking about, or not really? To me, it does. So I, I didn't have a a, a black midwife. I had a white woman, mm -hmm. and it was just a whole lot it was a lot also because I went in as an older um mother yeah so I had concerns and I had worries and she was like oh we'll just sail through this we'll be fine and I'm like I don't think so <laughs> but then you know as time went on and like complications started and then she was yeah. like because I there was a time like I put on quite a lot of weight and I was um struggling to walk so she was like it's either we give you a belt or if you if this continues you might end up in a wheelchair um you know and I was like what is going on like what's happening because you know I've never experienced that but she didn't really explain it to me so she um I said to her I'm going to try the belt and at that time I was like quite advanced was about what five six months mm -hmm. And she was like, I, I don't really know what you're eating, but then you shouldn't be eating like certain foods. And you know, like you're there in the midst of your pregnancy, you're craving food from home. And she's like, I'm, I'm not really sure about this because I don't know about it. And then like having wow. an English guy who's just like not with the culture. He's like, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite agree with you. Maybe, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, it was... A lot of stuff because I wasn't really eating that kind of a thing because I just didn't I've never really liked it and I was just like not into it but then when I was pregnant I just wanted Estrella Ulusu and he'd be like oh this is just horrendous should you be eating all these things <laughs> so it was just like yeah I had a um the thing is I didn't have nausea but I had a lot of heartburn so it was just like something else with actually with both pregnancies I had a lot of heartburn and at home I just used to take Gaviscon but yeah it was just I, I don't know it was really weird because I don't think I had it yeah. um but I can't remember what I was taking for the heartburn but it was just like yeah but it, you know it was all these things and you know how they give you that list of like foods you can eat and foods you can't eat so he was making sure that we had all the foods that I could eat even though some of the stuff like I didn't like it to this like stuff like um I had to have a lot of Weetabix because I was on additional iron meds due to being anemic yeah. um it's just one of those things that to this very day I cannot stand the sight of Weetabix I can, because I can imagine yeah it was yeah but, okay no and, and 
And is there, what, 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 what about you in, in Wengosi? Like, what was it like? Did you have a, what sort of, do you even have a midwife? Do you, what do you have? Like, no, I just, yeah, I had, yeah. so I had the same gynecologist for, since before. And one thing I've been very conscious about since I've been yeah. here is always picking a black doctor whenever I can. Like at some okay. point, my primary care doctor, my gynecologist, and even my dentist were black. Really? And, yeah, but obviously I quickly lost the dentist, but that kind of thing. But um, I've been very conscious. So with the, I, you hear so many stories about people not connecting with their healthcare provider. So that's always, that was big for me. So I had the gynecologist and I'd had her for a while. So it was easy to make that transition, her being there during my pregnancy journey. And I, she was great. Mm -hmm. um, and so anything like I had issues with like fibroids, you know, even previously. So we kind of went through that, you know, her explaining things that may possibly happen. Um, but fortunately, you know, I was able to have natural birth even after all of that yeah. Yeah, but she was there I think it helped which she had been there before so mm -hmm. we just carried on the journey and she was great okay can I just add something in terms of my care I think also because the NHS trust where I um, live was failing so it had been under CQC um, spotlight for a little while. And so they were kind of being, you have to improve because there'd been so many maternal deaths. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was on my mind. So I kind of voiced it to my midwife and she was like, yeah, things have been bad, but because we're so under the microscope, everyone is going an extra mile to make sure that everyone, uh, all the moms um, to be are fine. So I kind of guess that helped that kind of alleviated that fear of this is a failing health system, but because you're under the spotlight, you have to perform. Mm, mm, mm. No, definitely. I think um, it's, 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 it's one of those things, isn't it? When you start looking up the stats of a mm. hospital that you're going into, um, but that's kind of the society that we're living in now is that you need to have some form of ownership over your your health and where you are putting deliberately putting yourself like you know as you're saying when goes to like choosing the the care providers um that you know can have um like that empathy gap you know that they'll have understanding of, of whatever it is that you are going to them for um so guys just to, to to change it up a little bit but i want us to kind of talk a little bit about the support systems because i'm hoping that we can have time to talk about another little um uh, another little topic that is a bit controversial but i think before we do that in terms of support systems like you know now that your our kids or our babies are a little bit older and looking back at the support that you had what do you wish you had and what are the good things about the care that you had? And Wengosi, I, I keep coming back to you because um, it just sounds to me like your tribe, the people around you are just absolutely amazing. So you had like all through um, your, your, your university, you, you've, you've had like, whilst you're studying, sorry, you're pregnant and you had all your friends coming through to help. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that? And also tell us a little bit more if you can about how much involvement Wengos is, not Wengos is, Owami's dad 
Like how much involvement did he have? Um, so my biggest support came from my family, mm -hmm. uh, my friends. Um, even though I can honestly say with you, most of the time I didn't have that physical support, but I had somebody like Umamontala, Umamongani, you know, they were checking on me. And at that time, my grandmother was still alive. Okay. So unfortunately, she passed away like a month before Ami was born. But she was, you know, she was there. She would always, because I grew up with her, she would always check in on me. You know, she asked, oh, Lile, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but same thing, um, Umam Dala had been a midwife. And so she's also just constantly checking with, you know, mm -hmm. uh, are you okay? Yeah. And yeah. that kind of stuff. When, like, probably from right before I delivered, my friend physically there, like one of my friends actually came when I went to the hospital mm -hmm. and then she had to go to class and she came back afterwards. Wow. Um, fortunately, right before I delivered, my mom was there. Mm -hmm. My mom was here, but she didn't stay long. Okay. So I, I was suddenly left with this newborn. Yeah. And because she had come before, but then Wami was like 10 days past mm -hmm. the due date. Uh -huh. So at some point my mom had to get back to yeah. her life. So I'm left with this little baby. Um, at night was when I had the struggles because this girl did not believe in sleeping. So at some point I got that would look, can you come at least mm -hmm. so I can sleep a little bit. And so for the most part, he helped with that. Yeah. You know. Um, although I I I want I there are moments when this is when that thing about loneliness in motherhood kicks in because I think it was more the anxiety, but then realizing what this little baby has established a pattern because Throughout the day, Wailala, you know, she would nap here and there. But once it hit the about to midnight, this girl would be up. And mm. let me, I developed that anxiety, which, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter when I put this girl down for a nap. Up, yeah. By midnight, and she's up for the next four or mm. five hours. Mm. And so that was when I was able to get her dad, okay, at least just That's be it. there yeah. and watch Umduana and you know, um, after a while, things, you kind of get used to it, but I had that, but like I said, which again, I had my friend come so I could study, she would hold the baby, mm -hmm. just um, things like that, and then when I was, when she was almost five months, that's when my aunt came from home to help, so, and that, yeah. So do you feel like you would have liked more help like in terms of support would you have liked more help in the night time like just to kind of in the first few months yes definitely because even with when my friends would come but at the end of the day they would go home and yeah. that was when I have that challenge with okay now we should be sleeping but that's not going to happen yeah. so at night time that was when I really really needed the help mm -hmm. and then at some point I did go and visit my aunt I think she was a little over a month mm -hmm. and 
again the babies will do whatever they do because i complained i know she doesn't sleep ever so the first couple of days we were there she would sleep and then <laughs> my aunt is like <laughs> but then when we came back home fortunately i think by the second month yeah. things kind of got better better yeah 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 no okay i relate i relate and how about you know because i know you I remember you you were home for some time, like uh, you went to SA for some time, but I've forgotten at what point it was. I just remember you being away for such a long time. But I mean, just even just ignore that, but what support did you have and what support maybe do you wish you could have had if there's any? I think the way I approached it or we approached it was we're in this together, myself and my husband. So he was my total support system. He knew I relied on him totally and he was fine with that. He took up the mantle and basically did not disappoint. And for that, I'm quite thankful. So at that point in time, it was just me and him. My mom was living locally. So afterwards she'd come um, and I think look out for the baby whilst I quickly had a shower and made dinner. Yeah. So she'd do that. And I think looking back, I really appreciated it because I was thinking there's just no time to do anything with the baby. Mm. It's like stolen moments and then they're crying for you, wanting your attention. Mm. I think no one really tells you how intense it is. So I'd spend the days by myself. She was born in September. I would go to baby groups, breastfeeding groups, I had a friend who I worked with who had also just had a baby a few days later. So would meet up for coffee and cake um, and then I'd go for baby yoga. So I kind of immersed myself with things to do, made sure we were not homebound all the time. Um, and I think that was good. And I'd go to the baby weigh-in clinic. So kind of getting myself out of the house and then um Feb time, he had an operation at Gosh. That's Great Ormond Street Hospital because he had a hernia. Um, and then after that, we went to South Africa in March, kind of before lockdown, and we were locked down there. There wasn't really much support there. I guess I was just so nervous about leaving my baby with anyone, and everyone had an opinion of, and I saw you should be doing this and I'm thinking no 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 this is my baby I was very possessive my baby my way which maybe looking back I could have been a bit more flexible um why don't you put Cyrillac or whatever and I'm like no nope, he's exclusively breastfed and they didn't get that concept because for them, they hadn't actually experienced that. Yeah. But in terms of support, looking after the baby, playing with the baby, that was all I required from them. I figured I had the maternity leave the full year, so I would spend as much time every moment possible with him. Okay, well, yeah. thanks. Um, you know, putting us to shame here, doing baby <laughs> yoga, baby mask, like, chick. <laughs> wait, wait till you get to me and you find that like barely I made it out the house in the first month I was just like looking a mess and just like I was just on survival mode but anyway story for another day how about you Keta like what support did you have and what support would you have liked to have um so for me the first time it was just uh, my siblings and I, literally. Mm-hmm. And Umama would be ringing us from the side and just checking in to see what we're doing and how we're going. Um, we also had a 
family friends, one of my mom's friends would come in and check. Um, also, due, like there was a lot of family around. Yeah. What, uh, due to family politics, <laughs> we literally <laughs> raised ourselves. So it was like, yeah. Uh, for me, also, additionally, I had the Living and Loving magazines and I'd just kind of read those because okay. I was just like, okay, I need to, you know, kind of... Um, can I can I ask a question? Like you know, you mentioned living and loving before as well. And interesting enough, uh, my recent trip home, I found a living and loving magazine, which I brought with me. Did you find that you could relate to like what they were advising and what they were talking about? Yeah, some of it. So for me, it was mostly kind of the monthly things of like you know what to expect in your pregnancy yeah Yeah. but also I think we had friends more my sister's friends who had babies and so like the my sister's age group and we were all kind of involved in the babies as well so we how took I had that faint picture of yeah and how it was and that kind of a thing um and I think then for me it was also when I decided that okay I want to try and exclusively breastfeed and see what it's like um I'm going to try the whole working mom thing and see it didn't last long (laughs) by the time I was like delivering I'd stopped working kind of got stopped yeah I stopped working um and I was like, okay, I just want to stay at home and like look after my baby. And so like mama would, was like helping us out. So that's what we did. And she, so she was helping financially, emotionally, because she was always on the phone. And then her friends would come in to check on us, just make sure that we were okay. I had a cousin as well who was like, would drive in to come and see us. Um and that was the thing so she came I think she so she came after we had her babies and I think they were about three months and that was when we went to Pretoria to what them to welcome them into the family and some siblings and all that stuff and so that's when the uncles so the uncles already knew that they were grandchildren just hadn't seen them so everybody then got to see the babies then right. but didn't see them for a long time after that because yeah. <laughs> we then went back to Joburg and we're just like okay um but yeah it was um I think then because we was just we were just kids mm. or like yeah young adults it was like my little sisters then took on that responsibility, but then they would still be like, no, we're kids, we, we're just the little aunties. We're not really supposed to do anything. Um, so yeah, and I had the same problem as Wengosi because my little one during the day would be asleep at night. He yeah. would be up and he loved food. Because that child used to wake me up just to breastfeed. And I was like, yeah. And you know, that was the thing and yeah. But like I get that, <laughs> I get that so much because really, like with the time, the time I was honestly, it was a completely different experience for me. Um, because my mom was literally back and call. Like I think I even remember at one point in time, she would get get up and she would usually Tamara was crying, she would come and position Tamara so that she could just feed and then go back to sleep. Yeah. But with the Lily, it really has been all on me and you know, the whole not sleeping at night, like I get that. And that is why I struggled to do, that's my excuse anyway, 
and that's and we will do our promotion before three months. Yes, that's held on. To <laughs> that's the thing. That was, I, was that like, was I was like, what's baby group? Um, I think the after some months, I think probably after two three months, I started venturing out. But literally, the, those first few months for me were just about survival. It was just like. I think for me, the first few months were just about survival and, and, and it was just about, you know, getting through each day. And when you talk about support, like Damien, my husband has been very supportive. Like, you know, he's the sort of man who puts in, throw in the washing, he'll cook, do dishes and all that sort of thing. But I found that nighttime was just, it was just me. Cause I was, I, exclusively like you know exclusively breastfed for the up until you know I stopped breastfeeding so at night time I was up breastfeeding and I was just like a walking zombie I was so exhausted and that whole sleep when the baby sleeps like yeah and then when when does everything else happen so anyway I say this to say because it's just interesting how different levels of support that we had we've all had and our different experiences with the support and what we would have wanted now mm-hmm. to change the subject just a little bit and i wondered if we could just spend the last few minutes of this recording talking about um something that has been on social media quite a lot recently um and i'll start off with um a lady, she's, a, she's an influencer here in the UK. She's called Tony. I don't know what her surname is. It's Tony Tone. Um, at Tony One is her Twitter handle. And she was saying that, um, like this is a few months ago, she's saying that personally, I think if female fertility didn't begin to decline in the 30s, more women would have their first kid in their mid 40s. I think for some women, the choice to have kids in their 20s or early 30s is somewhat prompted by fertility concerns. Um, yeah, and, and so bearing that in mind, and then recently we've seen Ruben Nicole, I'm not sure if you guys have seen, like she recent, not recently, like a few months ago, posted that she was going to be a mom. Um, but that she had gone a non-traditional route of, you know of, of this but she didn't expagorate she didn't explain that um she's she's whether she used uh, a friend that she knows or whether she used ivf or whatever it is because we know that she's got the means but that is not the the issue i just feel like as we are getting a bit older it's difficult to find men who will some you know who are sometimes willing to go down journeys with us in terms of um building families and stuff so you're finding more and more people wanting to have children on their on their own you know because the desire is there like I've always known I wanted to be a mom so I'm going to do this myself and I know of somebody recently personally who went um she's in her early 40s now and she went she waited a long time for this particular sperm donor because she was like you know what in the London area there's not a lot of black male black male sperm donors um so she wants so what she's got in the end is somebody who's mixed race and she also wanted somebody with a bit of caribbean in them so the perfect match came and she now has uh bouncing boys like she's got twins um and she's she's really you know that's the journey that she wanted 
that's where she's at. But I wanted to hear from you guys and thinking and just really building on the support um, kind of theme. Like, what are your what are your thoughts in terms of like what would you advise friends who are maybe now coming of age who maybe don't have partners or maybe they're with partners who don't particularly want to have children um because maybe they're career driven or whatever it is and they're like you know what I want to do this on my own like how would you like what are your thoughts you know it, it's it's a it's a quite a big subject I know but I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that and I'll start with you Kesha. um for me I would definitely be like yeah go for it because personally I wanted to do the same thing um as well like when after I moved down um there was a time I was absolutely broody I still am but then I yeah are you um, I still am really very much but really preparing anything oh not, not yet not yet but then, but then I, yeah, I, it does hit me. Um, now it, it, I'm like floating in it. Like I'm in and out of it. But there was a time it was like a constant thing for I think almost like three years straight. And I was like, I, I want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And if I could have multiples, that would be a bonus for me. So I don't have to do it again. Um, I remember even going to see my GP, having a chat with my GP okay. and like as might you be like am I too old might you be like no you're fine and like um you could easily have a baby he was like I remember he said to me it'll be much beneficial for you if you are like in a same-sex relationship because they would kind of take it more seriously but even on your own you can still do it um so I was like yeah he was like so by any chance are you inclined that way and I was like actually no <laughs> but <laughs> wow yes <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I was just like huh. he was like no it's, it's it's still not a problem you can still go ahead with it if you want and I was like um but like sort of what are the chances like if I had to have twins because I wanted twins just so I could have just go it at once and not have to do it again and he was like but then there's probabilities and, and I was like okay I'm willing to work with that and I'm willing that if maybe I can't have twins I could have baby after baby because I just I like I was like if I have one I want to have another one because I wanted to have like an even number of children like four children um so yeah and I was all for it like I'm gonna you know do it all don't need a man for this and if I do need someone then they would know that okay this woman like literally yeah also another thing kind of buying out of that is I would I personally I want to have the children hence why I'm having them and willing to go down the route by myself and I think also as much as I would support someone I would also be saying to them you know I'm happy to support you through with this and you know I would advise you to do it if you want children because you want children um you know, especially if the partner doesn't want to have kids. Yeah, I was, yeah, because for me, it was like, yeah, I want to have more kids. And if I can't find somebody to have children with, I'm willing to okay. like, go down. Yeah. Okay. Great. Because I feel like there, we should have a part two of this conversation looking at um, the other side of, you know, what that child grows up, you know, how that child grows up, you know, 
not knowing where who the father is etc but you know that's a that's a topic for another day but for today i'm just thinking about just what if your friends or people who are close to you or family came and said you know what i want to have a child and i want to have a child of my own bearing in mind that you guys are mothers what would you say so when we'll see i would say go for it because there's so many things in life where we wait for everything to be perfect. Yes. Yeah, I want, you know, I want to get married and then have kids. We've seen what happens in relationships. We've seen all kinds of things. If some, if it's something that you want, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to wait for the ideal, like Oboti, you know, oh, I want to have my career in place, get married. Things don't always happen like that. But if it's something that you know for sure that you want to do it. And I think now we are exposed to more options, even the option for people to freeze their eggs, even though it's costly. But if you have the means, knowing oh, this is something that you can do, um, just making that decision for yourself when you're ready for it. Um, and I, I feel like less people now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that you want for yourself because you can still have a child and be married and something else happens and people will still have a say mm-hmm. about that. So yeah. that should not stop you if it's something that you want to do it. And especially when the conditions evuma mm-hmm. even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually know somebody as well. Um, th- now they have two kids mm-hmm. and she decided, okay, I'm ready. I'm doing it. And this is it. Yeah, mm-hmm. what I want. Noble? Let's normalize this. There's no set way of having kids. Some are adopted, some are conceived by IVF, Mm -hmm. some sperm donors. I just say go for it. I think we always have to be open-minded because we don't know what paths people have trodden to get to where they're getting to or to make their mind up to go that way. I know, for instance, I've gone and had a baby via um, a sperm bank, and I kind of really, really am happy for her because she's got a bouncy baby who she loves. We all know she loves him. She's had, like, it was a case of now or never. Mm. And I think, as Uwengosi says, just, you just forget about what people are going to say. People always talk good, bad, ugly. They'll never stop. You do you and live your life because at the end of the day, you want to look back and think, yeah, I live my life the best way I could. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it's, and I, I think what you said about normalizing it is the, 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 the biggest thing. I think it needs to be normalized. Um, because it almost, even when you're talking about it, even when you like read the comments, like under Ruben Eko's post, it was just, you know, it's mostly men, unfortunately, just being vile, you know. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, it'd be really interesting to have this conversation. I know the, we have a guys, guys take over. So it'd be interesting to, I think we should go, come back to this conversation after they have, we've aired their, their, that their episode and pick up some of the things that they have 
discussed. It'll be interesting to hear some of their points because they're all, again, Zim men, Derele men. So it'll be interesting to hear what they think. And then I wonder if we can maybe come back to this conversation again, because there is a lot of other things that are thrown into the picture. For example, um, identity, you know, like, or how does this child grow up? I grew up without knowing who my father was. And here I am, I am a happy, ish woman you know um not ish i'm a happy woman like you know i don't think that him not being present in my life has had a, it has has had an impact but i don't think it's had that major impact but anyway i say this to say because i feel we should come back to this conversation and really hone in on it maybe just have a whole separate episode on it um maybe invite a few more other people to to the panel be interesting to hear even conversations like not conversation but thoughts from people like Nat as well so I think that's something we can hone in on and we just have a, a, a conversation around this subject so we'll leave it there for now but with a promise to kind of come back to it and I'm very conscious of the time being all of us being mothers I know that we have got um, other things to do but I wanted to kind of end on what is the one thing that you would suggest to somebody who is just about to go into hospital for, uh, to deliver a baby? Like what is the one thing that you would suggest? So I want a practical item to throw into your, don't forget this in your hospital bag. And also just some, just something like, you know, to, to carry them through. Like, you know, what is the one thing, like what is the one thing that helped you through labor and delivery? And I, we will kind of have a, a whole episode on, labor and delivery like I'm really interested to hear what your guys thoughts thoughts are on that but yeah so what is the one thing that you would say to somebody don't forget to throw this in your hospital bag and number two you know here's something that helped me um through 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 the pains of labor of laboring noble I'll just say bring along a sack of food or snacks <laughs> no lie because that hospital food is first of all rubbish it's inconsistent when it comes it doesn't hit the spot mm. just carry some snacks some dried fruit yeah. some uh, chocolate bars or whatever even though I wasn't able to keep it all down when I was actually laboring mm. but knowing that if I wanted to, I could have kind of gone back into yeah. my stash and had something that helped a lot because you do feel hungry. It, it's labor. Labor is work. So it needs yeah. energy and you need your food. Yeah. Did you guys actually eat your snacks that you carried to, like, do you eat it? You did? Yeah. Dried mangoes. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, what's his food? Anyway. <laughs> um, Kesha, how about you? Um, I agree with novel snacks, lots of snacks. Um, so first time I had no time to pack snacks because I'd gone and I was told, go to the clinic now. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so I didn't have any, but after I was absolutely starving and I was so cold. So it's also like taking something warm. Uh -huh. um, it was, it's, it's weird how you just have that sense of emptiness and just this cold that. I don't know if anybody else has experienced it but I did and it was the worst feeling ever um but yeah so it's just having something warm and like uh, loads of pads yeah but yes um second, <laughs> definitely second time around it was still I was prepared I had snacks um 
I just couldn't eat because it, it's really weird because I went into labor like early hours of the morning and I had lectures in the afternoon and so I couldn't attend my lecture but like my friends came after <laughs> and they were like telling me all about the lecture and like you had to see the baby and they brought me snacks and I was like okay guys and I was just like thank you so much but I was just psychologically not in a good place yeah. and I struggled like with breastfeeding and all that stuff. so I didn't have milk and I just yeah so I, I think also being mentally being in a good space it's hard but then trying to get there because I was also juggling uni and you know it's like just the weekend and I'm like oh yeah I'm going to uni tomorrow and then the next thing I'm like in labor having this baby yeah <laughs> so it's that um yeah just also having maybe stuff that will help you like to meditate if you're into that as well helps a lot yeah thank you well last but not least what it's I I can't even really think of anything I had packed the baby's bag with everything that I thought I needed you know baby's outfit my something for me to wear I ended up at the hospital without it everything happened (laughs) so fast um but I think for me the most important thing is the people that are there with you because like I say everything happened fast I left the house to go drop up an an assignment at school and end up up at the hospital without the bag and I went in the night before had the baby on the on the Tuesday morning and then I was home the next day so like I didn't really have time to need if anything I had my phone but I had people there Mm-hmm. Um, and then my classmates were checking in and, you know, things like that. So that was really it. I didn't have time for anything else. Hospital food wasn't that bad, but coming from where I was coming from, I really didn't have too much of an appetite. Mm-hmm. So just things to take the baby home in and just, I guess, the people having means to communicate yeah, with yeah. the people that that matter because then everybody wants to know oh what's going on and things like that but it's like I blinked and everything it was time to go home again oh really yeah. <laughs> nice yeah <clears throat> yeah listen I, I I one thing I was told consistently um with my second pregnancy was that Oh, as it's your second pregnancy, it's going to happen so quickly. You're going to be in and out. Like, I wish I could see each and every one of those people who told me. Ah, <laughs> uh, honestly, like, with the Tamara, I remember I, I my waters broke at midnight. I went to the hospital at 8, 10 o'clock. I had delivered. That was That was it. With Liana, like I was, first of all, I was overdue. I had to have um, sweeps done, which we'll talk about at another stage. Mm-hmm. I went into hospital at midnight and only delivered at four o'clock the following day. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's so fresh in my mind. And that is how I know I'm not going to have any other, any other kids because I remember that only too well. <laughs> my advice to anybody packing your bag is, I don't know, I think it's, yeah, the, the outfits, your outfits, mm-hmm. pads. Um, but I can't, I can't think of what, the one most important thing. I suppose it's also important to decide what you're doing, whether you're breastfeeding or, or not before you go, because you need to then prepare for that before, before you, you, you go into to deliver. 
but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's something I found, you know, I think as time progresses, we'll put up a little resource for people to be like, oh yeah, you know, this is what we have found useful to um, like taking into hospital. So that's something I, I, I'll put, and then we can put, attach it to this, to this episode so that it's there as a, a handy guide. But oh, yeah, um, practical, please. Okay. Um, stuff for showering, because at times you don't even know how long you're going to be in hospital for. You can be lucky yeah. to be kind of released the next day or you have to spend a few days just mm. with no toiletries. I don't think I'd survive. Yeah, no, no way. No way indeed. And also like, you know, button down gowns and stuff if you're breastfeeding. Those mm-hmm. are really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so ladies... I think we'll end there. So thank you so much. I'm going to actually, can you guys just go round, round the table, not round the table, but just <laughs> say who you are and where people can find you because I know we didn't properly introduce you. I promise to be a better host next time. So Kesla, we'll start with you. Um, so your apps. I can be found on Instagram. So Instagram, I have a Oh, well, actually, all my profiles are pro- private. Sorry, um, I'm more active on Instagram and t- and Twitter. Um, I use Instagram. I am Khedla EJ, and um, under the name Jabalula Henderson. And um, no, sorry, that was Instagram, isn't it? Twitter. Sorry, I am Khedla Yatana. My name is Jovial Manube. I literally, yeah. That's that's where I can be found. Okay, that's on Twitter. Nobu, I know you're on Twitter. Nobu Tech. Wenkosi. Uh, it's Wenkosi on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. You, you, or, or Wami's account is. <laughs> I know. I say you can follow me on Instagram, but that's all you're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> Love his content, you know. Mm-hmm. You should actually to just the point where she she occasionally posts. Like I was sitting there, and I'm like, why do I have all these comments on my Instagram? And she had posted a picture with filters and everything. Ah! Oh my gosh! So also because there's, there's so many pictures of her, and I'm always like, what? Oh, just so adorable. <laughs> the account is hers. Yes. No, we love it. We're here for it. Like, listen, (laughs) thank you so much, ladies. I look forward to hopefully you join me again next time. So, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.